uh, and I'm originally from Austria and uh, have ordained about 30 years ago in the Thai forest tradition and trained in um, Asia and in England in the lineage of Achan Cha. And I'm here in America since about 2009. And I'm currently living in the Aloka Earth Room in San Rafael. And uh, I would just like to start you know, with a very short settling in meditation. So please, you know, find a posture to really, you know, take your seat and, you know, allowing your breath to take you into the body. Sensing, you know, the gravity of the earth, which um, gently pulls us downward. And just, you know, noticing how you are today, what you're bringing as you're landing here in the Zoom room. How is the body feeling? What's your emotional state right now? And how is the mind? Is it relaxed? Is it contracted? Just uh, knowing what is there, no need to have anything different than what it is, but just being aware of it. You know, and simply knowing that you're breathing in when you're breathing in and knowing that you are breathing out when you're breathing out. So, you know, we are training our minds by paying attention to something rather boring, you know, not exciting at all. It's just a body breathing. As long as there is air available, it's actually not exciting. But if air is not there, we're going to get really activated. But for now, everything is okay. You made it into the Zoom room. And today, I'd like to speak about gathering our resources. And, you know, training our minds to look at that which is usually hidden and through this kind of training and you know, becoming more conscious of our embeddedness in nature so rerouting ourselves in nature consciously we of course always are embedded in nature 
and I will later on, you know, lead a guided meditation where we have a direct experience of that. But in this day and age, you know, with increasing pressure on all of our systems, as you know, the limitations of the biosphere of our home planet becomes more pronounced. It's getting more and more people. And the climate crisis is one more intensifying and territorial wars are more brutal and crazy than ever before. You know, we really don't know what to do. The complexity is incredible. Nobody can get their head around it. We just had another COP28 in Dubai, which was you know, very, very extreme spectrum of viewpoints. And, you know, at this point in, in history, I don't think there's any solution on that level anymore achievable. But I think what we really need to look at is to take ourselves out from the center of our world, you know, to no longer think that homo sapiens can control all of this, can fix it, or can, you know, can uh, be in charge of this. So, you know, to just allow, allow a completely new thought into the mind, which is, you know, it might not be entirely up to us to save the day, so to say, you know. This is something new, you know, because before we were always like trained in trying to achieve mastery over nature, trying to, you know, get as much as we can out of it. And these days, you know, this approach has really run us into the wall and there's increasing more clarity for people, you know, that this cannot be sustained. I just have to stop for a moment because the heating system here is very loud. Thank you, I'm back. So, you know, sitting with that uh, trouble of, you know, that we actually can never be masters of the earth. To really allow that to drop into our systems is quite disturbing because it's a new way of uh, looking at ourselves and looking at life. And, you know, to allow that thought without uh, reducing it to apathy is, is something which is a practice in itself. And, and that's what I'd like to speak about today. Because, you know, saving the day, saving 
the world as it was maybe before COVID or so isn't really gonna be working anyway. Because we are already, you know, noticing that the way how we live in a world, you know, where more and more people are coming and more and more of the environments become no longer inhabitable for Homo sapiens. You know, we, we really need to find a way to look at all of this very, very differently and to explore that truth, you know, is, is very triggering, of course. And this is why so many people are not really doing that exploration. But, you know, we can make it a practice to bit by bit allow those souls, you know, to be metabolized in community, you know, together with others, just like here tonight, because it's very scary, you know, to do that by yourself. And, you know, as much as we need a critique of the old ways of conducting life on this planet. We also need creativity if we want to find, you know, a way forward, which, you know, can't be done with the dualistic thinking mind, I think. But we need to um, engage with an intelligence which is much vaster than human intelligence. And that's exactly, you know, the intelligence of the web of life, which is always, always in and outside of us. We are inside of it, we are part of it. But we have not uh, learned, you know, to pay attention to it in a way which is instructive. And that's, you know, what uh, I try to do here with the Aloka Earthroom where I'm teaching from today. This is the main, you know, vision of the Earthroom is uh, to support us, you know, to, to realize that we are part of a living intelligent Earth and yet that we are not separate from, from the Earth. So... You know, to do this work is also uh, a way of meditating. It's it's mainly, you know, the first um, establishment of mindfulness, meditating on the body. And, and through that, you know, we can experience ourselves in a very different way than usual. And, you know, the first uh, establishment of mindfulness, the first Satipatthana, has usually three kinds of meditations in it. Meditation on the body parts, meditation on the elements, and meditation on uh, dying. And today we're mainly going to work, you know, with uh, the body parts and the elements. And in that way, you know, to align ourselves with that intelligence which is capable, you know, of healing uh, the fragmentation of our world. And, you know, learning to 
experience ourselves in a different way than usual. And you know, to restore that uh, relationship with the flow of life. As we have been in and now for quite a few decades, we have really tried through hyper-individualism, you know, to solve our problems. And that hasn't really done the job as it was intended. But what we have, we have lost a sense of context and we have removed ourselves more and more from the truth, you know, that we are totally interdependent with each other and with the planet. So that, you know, that fragmentation and disconnection has rendered us pretty dysfunctional. You know, we have uh, actually succeeded in destroying our own life support systems, which is pretty crazy thing to do. You know, by simply not paying attention in the right way and, you know, paying attention to things which are not really life enhancing, but rather, you know, um, selling and buying stuff and doing all of these things, you know, which are not really life enhancing, but they can make money, you know, maybe, but it's all much too disconnected, you know, from that which is really important in life. So this new catchphrase, you know, attention economy is uh, now, you know, coming more and more into the mainstream because we realize even attention is limited, you know. A human being can only pay so much attention. And even that, you know, is something one can make money with and can be manipulated and, you know, extracted just like anything else. So it's a really intense uh, realization, you know, to find ourselves at this point in our evolution that we have uh, been barking up the wrong tree, we could say. And now we can come back, you know, to who we really are. And, you know, the Buddha's teaching can help us, you know, to attune to our deep embeddedness with nature and nature is dharma and dharma is nature. To really put things back in the right place and weave ourselves back into the fabric of life, you know, consciously experiencing interbeing and then from that place, you know, letting responses emerge, you know, from that much vaster web of intelligence. And that will be solutions, you know, which we can suddenly see because we are looking in a different way. Because what you are seeing always depends on how you are looking. So, you know, if we are working on our capacity for attunement and relationship with our bodies, from that, you know, we can enter into this much vaster web of life, which is consisting you know, of the same elements as our bodies do. So through that, we have a direct line into the web through our bodies. But usually we are a lot in our thinking mind, you know, 
looking at screens and, and doing this, doing that, and completely forgetting that there's a body here. So we need to inhabit our bodies again. And through that coming back and sensing into the body, through the body, sensing into this much vaster web of life, you know, the connection is re-established. The neural pathways, you know, are reopened. And that is kind of maybe not very comfortable. And in the beginning, maybe even, you know, a little bit challenging and boring and all of that because we need to come back into relationship and then, you know, life starts to flow again. The data flow is established again. And then through the data flow, we can receive information into our formation, into our bodies, understanding not through the thinking mind, but through direct experience, through sensing, and more an intuitive way of uh, establishing connection. So, you know, that was my little introduction to the guided meditation because. The main teaching today is a guided meditation again, because I think that works much better, you know, rather than speaking about it. I rather, you know, invite you to sense into those invitations I will mention, you know, and you don't have to work hard. You're just, you know, listening and allowing the mind and the heart to respond because they know what to do if we just, are present to what is being said. You know, and the reason why I'm teaching in this way is because, you know, solutions from a disconnected place do not really gain traction. They are just the, is the you know, repetition compulsion of, of uh, doing the same thing and the same thing and the same thing over and over again and hoping, you know, there will be different results. But what we are doing today is we rerouting ourselves into the web of life and allow solutions to arise from there, to emerge. You know, it's another catchphrase these days, emergence. And that's not going to happen immediately in one minute doing the meditation, but that it's a practice. It, it's a, it's a, a method, you know, really, of circumventing the dualistic thinking mind, which is so caught up, and using the body as a, instrument, you know, to connect into the web, like a phone, you know, in a way. The body can be used like that. So please, you know, come along with me and try to respond to those series of invitations. You know, just 1% is enough. It's not a, it's not a grant kind of a thing, but it's micro adjustments, you know, every time if something clicks into place, there's a little adjustment, a little adjustment. That's how it goes. So 
we can start by noticing, you know, that we have arms and legs and that we are breathing. So with the in-breath, you know, the body expands. With the out-breath, we just let go into the spaciousness, into the ground, allowing, you know, the uh, tension to drop into the ground. and connecting with body sitting and breathing in and breathing out. So there are many systems in our bodies working for us. They are doing their best without us getting involved. The digestive system is one. Just noticing that. You might have had you know, dinner before you come online. Noticing how it works without us doing anything much. And then the respiratory system, the breathing also happening by itself. The circulatory system, the bloodstream being pumped all around the body through the heart, all happening by itself. The nervous system, being able to sense the body as it sits and breathes. The fluid system, keeping our bodies moist. Bodies which are consisting of about 70% of water. Our skeletal system, which holds us up. And our endocrine system, the hormones, which keeps the body delicately balanced. All of those systems, you know, they work together and find coherence and harmony without us doing anything. This is a miracle in itself. So, you know, learning to honor this intelligence, which is innate, you know, to those biocomputers we call our body. 
which have been handed down to us over billions of years. They have been developed and now we got one. So this, you know, orchestra of systems working together. You know, see what you, what comes up, you know, as you're looking at your body in this way. The complexity. And then the fact that these bodies are developed over such long stretch of time, starting with, you know, stardust and ending up in this way, you know, sitting in front of a computer, having all those, those very complex systems working for us without us even noticing most of the time. And now we are going to connect, you know, to the broader systems around us. You know, all of those systems I have been speaking about, they are connected with those vast systems all around us through energetic roots by way of eating, drinking, breathing, going to the bathroom, sweating, crying. There's so many ways, you know, how we are constantly exchanging with these broader systems all around us. the mountains and the rocks which are in our bodies and we can experience them in the bones and in the teeth as earth element. You can just you maybe, you know, press your teeth together and experience the hardness of the teeth, which is a direct experience of earth element. Then we can sweep from the top of the head, sweeping down and experience the hardness of the bones, earth element. Coming from the head, coming to the neck, vertebrae, hardness, earth element. Shoulders and the arms and hands, bones, hardness, earth element. Rib cage and the spine, bones, hardness, earth element. The hips and the pelvis, hardness, earth element. The legs and the feet, Bones, hardness, earth element. This whole body is permeated by earth element. 
earth element internally in the bones and earth element externally in the rocks and the mountains is exactly the same earth element. Earth element is empty, empty of a self. And if we don't eat earth element for one or two months, the body is going to shut down. We can't live. We never cut the umbilical cord towards this broader system we call planet Earth. Our bodies are part of the planet. Our bodies are the planet. And then, you know, in order for earth element to make a form, it needs cohesion, and that is water element, stands for cohesion, wetness, fluidity. And we can experience that in the softness of the flesh, which is permeated by water element. We can start, you know, by the feet, sensing flesh, water element. And then coming up over the legs to the pelvis, flesh, water element. The torso, with the intestines and the organs, flesh, water element. The hands and the arms, flesh, water element. The shoulder, shoulders and the neck, flesh, water element. The head, flesh, water element. This whole body is permeated by water element. Water element internally and water element externally in the rivers and the lakes the oceans and the rains is exactly the same water element. Water element is empty, empty of the self. And if we don't drink water element for about five days or so, the body is going to shut down. It cannot cut the umbilical cord to the biosphere. It's constantly in exchange. And then in order for water element, you know, to be part of a form, it needs to have a certain temperature. If it's too hot, it evaporates. If it's too cold, it's freezing. And that takes us to the next element, which is the fire element, which stands for hot and cold. And we can experience that on the surface of the skin. The skin is an organ, you know, all around the body. And when the air touches it, we can sense hot and cold. 
in the mouth, for example, under our arms. And sweeping down again from the head, skin, fire element. Over the neck and the shoulders, <coughs> skin, fire element. The arms and the hands, skin, fire element. Torso, pelvis, skin, fire element. Legs and feet, skin, fire element. This whole body is permeated by fire element. Fire element internally and fire element externally, which comes from the sun, the nearest star to this planet, is exactly the same fire element. Fire element is empty, empty of a self. And then, you know, the heat is the result of friction, which takes us to the next element, which is the wind element, which stands for movement, expansion and contraction. And we become aware of it through the breathing process. You know, which takes us right into the body. And we know that the oxygen which we are breathing in is produced by the plant world, you know, which is using the CO2 which we are breathing out. That's why it is so important for us, you know, to regenerate our forests because they can't handle the amount of CO2 which we are putting into the atmosphere. So really, you know, taking in this delicate interdependence of the web of life on this planet. It cannot be controlled by one species. It cannot be understood with the dualistic thinking mind. It is much more mysterious than that. You know, this mystery we can only relate to through sensing, not through thinking. So by simply noticing, you know, how do you feel? when you look at your body in this way. 
can you experience yourself as part of the web of life more fully? You know, the mystery, the, the wonder of all of this. And the, the real need, you know, for us to come back to the ground and, you know, attend to our animal nature more fully and not just, you know, to cultivate the mind, the thinking mind. But also cultivating that relationship with the web of life which enables us to actually be here. That's, you know, why the Buddha was touching the earth in the night of his awakening. He was asking, you know, the earth to be his witness that he had been completing his work. Looks like we have still a lot to do. By, you know, embodying fully before it can be left behind. So we can just, you know, imagine to send some roots down into the earth from our feet or from our seed, sending roots down to meet the earth like a plant is sending down its roots. A tree, for example, down into the beautiful networks underneath the surface of the earth, the root systems, the mycelium, just allowing our awareness, you know, to drop down in this way. Becoming part of this fabric, this network. So is there any felt sense of that huge network to which you actually belong, like any other being on this planet that connects us all? Even, you know, we don't see it with our eyes, but we can sense it if we open ourselves towards that.
you know, we experience ourselves as a fully networked organism, like all other organisms. From the most complex to the most simple, they're all fully networked with the biosphere and with each other. And through that, you know, we are able to access the intelligence of that vast field of life. If we allow that possibility, to come to life. You know, if you allow that possibility, notice if what's happening in you, what's changing, as you allow yourself, you know, to have that perception that this is actually something we really can do to open those doors, which we have forgotten. Indigenous cultures, you know, are still practicing in this way, but our culture has forgotten that in pursuit, you know, of other aims and goals, which are now starting to lose their luster. We need to come back. We need to come back to the ground. And we can. And there's, you know, practices out there. It all, you know, goes very well with uh, the Buddhist teaching on emptiness and interdependent origination. So really noticing and enjoying that we have all of the resources in us. We just need to pay attention in the right way. And that we actually can connect with solutions in that way. Especially, you know, if we do it as a community, you know, creating those pockets of sanity you know, leaving behind the beaten tracks of capitalism and consumerist culture and going into the underground, which has always been here, but we got we forgot it. It has been taken for granted. And connecting with the modern human world as something we can learn from rather than extract from. Something we can attune ourselves to, something we can align ourselves with. 
you know, making that establishing of connectedness a priority and allowing solutions to emerge from there rather than, you know, emerging from the laboratories you know, completely disconnected from life. A completely different approach. Which is called emergence these days. So, you know, feeling and sensing, coming alive again. That's what our world needs right now. And after we have been trying to create comfort, endless comfort, and created a lot of discomfort, actually, because it's not going that way. You know, the life has its ups and downs, and we need to be able to feel both the highs and the lows. This is how we keep connected. We can't just, you know, have have one side of the whole equation and not the other. It doesn't really work. It creates a lot of havoc because it's not the way how nature works. It's not about our comfort, this planet. That's not the priority of what's happening here. Then as you are experiencing that meditations, you know, looking, is there a willingness there? You know, is there what's can be called like the evolutionary urge, you know, to, to update, basically, to update our minds and our bodies. And, you know, coming into attunement with what is needed at this time. And you know, being willing to sit in that. In sensing that there is a energy, a vibration, a vibrancy in that urge to evolve, which we can be nourished by. And I think, you know, that's a way how the Dharma presents at this time, as we are, you know, on this evolutionary threshold, you know, with lots of confusion and fear of uncertainty, not knowing what to do, getting depressed, you know, getting 
anxious and all of that. And then just dropping all of that and coming to the ground where we are right now. And these bodies, you know, are our connection into that network, into that web, which can teach us what to do. If we have the wisdom, you know, to slow down. Times are urgent. We need to slow down. And really see, you know, that the response to the crisis is part of the crisis. So that is not the way to go. It's just making it worse. Best thing is to just stop and look deeply. And, you know, drop into that web, come back to that which has given birth to us in the first place, which is the Dharma in one way we can call it that. Dharma is nature. And we are part of nature. We are nature, actually. We have never fallen out of it. But we haven't noticed it for so long because we were doing all kinds of other things. It has gotten us into trouble. And now we need to sit in that trouble and... metabolize and update and reconsider what is happening, what is really important. And, you know, being with the discomfort of that, it's like, a, you know, the contractions when woman gives birth they are part of the preparation for what comes next it's a way you know how to become resilient so that this new way of being can be embodied. So rather than scrambling, you know, to get back to how it was before, just getting in, you know, getting interested in what's coming through the cracks. And, you know, sensing into those cracks, this urge to evolve, to, to respond to that calling. 
by paying attention and not distracting oneself from that calling. You know, which like in the old language we might have called it, you know, faith, sada. Which, you know, is necessary for wisdom to be embodied. Without sada, you know, the knife might be sharp, but it doesn't have the weight to cut through. with all of the ancestors behind us, you know, have been handing us these bodies. And we are doing what we can. And then we are handing it off to the future generations. And this is the work, you know, we have as a human being and the Buddha has been doing it. So, you know, adding something small to that. Inheritance we have received. By, you know, being willing to look at the feedback you know we are receiving from planet earth and really taking it to heart not in a sense of you know being ba being bad or being wrong but just without any judgment this is how an immature species operates you know we are the most the youngest species on this earth and we are accordingly, you know, immature in how we deal with our emotions mainly. You know, that's our biggest issue. Fighting over everything constantly in the most crazy ways. Like small children. You know, being aware of what comes up for you as you're hearing that, you know, as you are experiencing your body in this way. You're seeing your life in this context, which is much more 
than just having comfort every moment of the day. Noticing you know, the silence and the space around us and the vibrancy of that empty space, the fullness of the emptiness. The unmanifest wisdom and compassion which we can open to. So then allow us to inform us in the true sense of the word, you know, becoming part of our form. You know, as the, the pressures of the current times are calling us into a different way of conducting business, the business of, you know, living an embodied life. And that calling, you know, we can uh, identify that as the urge to evolve. Or we can also call it faith, sada, you know, that we can do this. We have always been doing this. But there are sometimes more intense stretches on the path, such as what's happening right now. You know, as we come to a kind of a bottleneck. And we can call on the ancestors which have come before us which have been going through those bottlenecks again and again it's like a giving birth giving person a more mature way of uh, 
being on planet. And also not being aware of that which knows about what is being said, which knows about the spaciousness and the silence, the knowing itself, awareness. And the vibrancy of that. So in a few moments i'm gonna ring the bell and then you know when you slowly open your eyes try to not lose connection with the body you know as you're coming back into the zoom room trying to stay connected with your body while at the same time also taking in you know who is here with you then slowly, you know, if there are any questions or comments or sharings, you'd be welcome for, you know, maybe um, unmuting yourself if that's possible or raising your hand and you will be unmuted and then speaking if you like. We have about 20 minutes or so. For that for 15 Please, you know, take your time. There's no rush. We have time. Times are urgent. We need to slow down.
So I'm going to de dedicate the merit, you know, to all of us that we managed to come off the screens and go out more into the into the nature and meet each other again. May you have every good blessing. May all the devas protect you by the power of all the Buddhas. May you ever be well. May you have every good blessing. May all the devas protect you by the power of all the Dhamma. May you ever be well. May you have every good blessing. May all the devas protect you by the power of all the Sangha. May you ever be well. Good night. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.